Today's Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 11 to 17. What to me is the multitude of the sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls, or of lambs, or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asks this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bring offerings is fertile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation. I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you, may many, you have many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, technically. Well, first, I want to say thank you for welcoming us back. It's a joy to be with you again. It's been six years since Maria and I were last here, and we brought a new addition with us, as Remy said, our son, Ian. It's great to see old faces and new faces and to hear the voice of Shane and, 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 and the choir and, and Ruth. It's just, it's amazing. And so we are happy to be back with you. Well, throughout this week, I must confess that I struggled with this sermon. For the text today from the lectionary um, has some harsh rebukes from God and from Jesus. So, beloved, I ask that you pray for me as I try to expound or give their meaning. And know that I have prayed for you this week that the message would be an encouragement and lift your hearts. So, friends, a reading from the Gospel of Mark. Listen and hear the word of God who speaks to us through Jesus. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe. The washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? 
And he said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. Friends, this too is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Most loving and gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you again in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this time where we can gather together after a safe passage through another week in a time of pestilence that we can gather together to worship you in spirit and in truth and to fellowship in your name and your love and your grace. Lord, as the preacher, I approach the task of preaching today with fear and trembling. Therefore, I ask as the psalmist wrote, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Speak, O Lord Jesus, now through your holy word, for we, your people, are listening. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. You abandon the commandment of God and hold on to tradition. You abandon the commandment of God and hold on to tradition. Well, in the Baptist church where I grew up, we had an old tradition where the deacons put on these special gloves while serving up communion. After all, our church believed that the elements were holy. So to show respect for sacred things, they covered their hands in worship. I remember those linen gloves with lovely Christian symbols and the cases they were carried in with the favorite Bible verses. And I remember the way they gave the humble bread some dignity and the way they gave those tiny plastic cups of grape juice a touch of holy mystery. Well, friends, as time went on, I questioned this tradition. And to my surprise, I came to learn that it wasn't because things were holy or sacred. In fact, this practice came for the deacons who were farmers and would often feed their cows and their pigs before they came to service. You see, they'd rush to church after working in the morning, and upon their hands would be the dirt from cattle stalls and pig pens. So as an act of care for health in the community, well, everyone agreed that they would put on gloves while giving out communion. In short, these gloves were worn to keep the church hygienic, but the practice didn't take away the dirt from the cows and the pig pens. Of course, it kept the bread and cups from being tainted, but it only was an outside job, like the washing of the elders. And again, the story says the leaders came to Jesus and they noticed his disciples had been eating without washing their hands. And then they questioned him saying, 
Why do your students do this? They are eating with their hands defiled or breaking from the tradition. Now, friends, this washing wasn't something meant for hygiene. For unlike us, most people in the ancient world did not wash their hands before their meals. Instead, this practice represented God's forgiveness, and it was a symbol that reminded people of their constant need for grace in everything that they did. You see, you need grace when you are cooking your food. You need grace when you are talking to people. You need grace in every moment in your life, and this was the purpose of that tradition. And as you know, the Bible says that only grace can cleanse us. And that the things we do will never change our hearts and make us righteous. In other words, our holy works will only clean up the outside. And this includes our services or our gatherings of worship. Looking back to Isaiah where he spoke of people in the temple, where he talks about people following the rituals or the ancient laws of Moses. And as they are singing aloud and offering their Uh, incense and rams and bulls. Well, God looks out and says to them, your worship is a burden. I care not for your prayers once handed down from Moses, and I care not for your rams that you burn upon the altar. I care not for the signs and the symbols with their meanings, for your worship is an outside job that only cleans the surface. So friends, our services and our holy works are not enough. And this is why in the gospel reading, the leaders, they get this sharp rebuke from Jesus. You see, they were hiding unclean hands with the gloves of old tradition and were putting other people down for the dirt upon their fingers. You know the stories. If you remember, they tried to stone a woman caught in adultery. They put aside the blind and the lame and blamed them for their suffering. These leaders, they failed to hear the cries of the widows seeking justice in their day. And they prayed with pride. They had the audacity to be in temple court saying, thank God I'm not a sinner. Thank God I'm not better than that tax collector. But still, as Jesus rebukes them, he speaks to them with mercy. And he gives them more than angry words for trusting in tradition. Instead, to our surprise, he follows the commandment of God, which is showing love or caring for your neighbor as you love yourself. As I've said many times when I've preached from this pulpit, love, it's not a feeling, it is a steadfast, a constant commitment to the well-being of others. And this commitment is not just for the weary of this world or the people that we heard about as, Isaiah, as Dorothy read to us from Isaiah's text. Yes, we are called to love the helpless in this world. We are called to love the widows and the orphans and the homeless and those in need of justice. But we are also called to care for the scribes and the Pharisees among us. And we are called to look out for their well-being as well, even though they're our enemies. Looking back to my home church, we had a song that gave this message of God's commandment. And the deacons sometimes sang it as they handed out communion. And its words say, 
I'm going to where the wicked shall cease from troubling. And I'm going to where the weary shall be at rest. And all of the saints through the ages will sit at God's feet and be blessed. But one day I asked a deacon who happened to be my great uncle, why the wicked would cease from troubling. Would it be because God would punish them and bring his justice down upon them? And in response, my great uncle, he said, son, that might be so. But I believe they will cease their troubling because God will transform them. You see, there was a time when my great uncle was called wicked. And he did some things back in his past that he regretted until the day that he died. And that day he said to me, he said, son, regardless of all those things, the Savior called me out from my troubling and invited me to wash my hands and sit down at his feet with his people. And friends, the same was true for those who questioned Jesus. For as Mark points out, he offers them a chance at transformation. After calling out these scribes and Pharisees for their troubling, he invites them with words of love to wash their hands before him. And this is why he says, listen to me, all of you, including the scribes and the Pharisees, and truly understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out from the heart, these are the things that defile. Truly, though Christ rebukes, he keeps the Lord's commandment. For he loves those scribes and those Pharisees as he loves himself. He does not just leave them there with dirty, covered fingers in tradition, but he invites them all to turn away and become people who give rest to the weary. He invites them to leave their gloves that point out in judgment. He invites them to go beyond this outside job with water on kettles and hands and everything else. He invites them to lift their hearts and let God's grace transform them. And to live a life with hands made clean that show God's love to others. And then I also think that he invites them to real worship. This new way of worship. Where their gatherings are more than just a cover up for the heavens. As people with clean hands, these leaders can now go into the temple and their services will be a time not to show off to God, to hide away their sins, but a time where they can give thanks and praise unto the Lord for changing them and for all the other things that he has done. My grandmother used to say that church is not a talent show or a competition to show who is best at praying and singing or, or a test to show who's right or wrong. Instead, our gatherings are a time to offer thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And the Lord has made us people of grace who can follow his commandment. You see, the beauty of our gospel text is that it shows where God has brought us from. For we too were once like the scribes and the Pharisees passing judgment. We too were wearing gloves and trusting in tradition, or if you're not religious, trusting in some other work, your intellect, your money, other things, in hopes that it would cleanse us. And then the story shows how far the Lord has brought us, 
how he's washed our hearts and cleaned our hands to bring rest to the weary. But still the story shows how far the Lord has to take us. For we daily need that mud and dirt of sin to be removed from our fingers. You see, daily we fail to love the neighbors living next to us. Daily we fail to live the co-worker or the classmate sitting next to us. Daily we fail to love someone that we encounter as we go about life. And we often fail to love the people worshiping right next to us in the temple. Daily we need the grace of God to come and cleanse us. And I encourage you to pray for this each morning when you wake up. And not just in the morning, when you find a moment where you're tempted to be loveless, pray for God's grace to come as that old tradition of the elders meant to encourage and God will give it to you. And this evening, we will sing a song that is a prayer just like this. And in closing this sermon, I want to recite its chorus, which is beautiful. It says, so give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, who seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Beloved, may we daily seek the face of the God of Jacob, who is our father. And may we never lift our souls to other things that we think can cleanse us, be they our traditions, be they our intellect, be they our resources or relationships. May we never lift our souls to another. And may we let God wash our hands with grace and give us clean, our hearts with grace and give us clean hands. Hands like Christ with that steadfast love that brings rest to the weary and blessing to the world. Oh, may it be so. It shall be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty, eternal, and merciful God, whose word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, we thank you for speaking to us through your word. And Lord, we thank you um, also for the grace that we are given day by day, moment by moment. And Lord, that grace that we will celebrate at your table. Lord, as the song says, give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.